Well, there's very little doubt that a car horn is used to get your attention. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And I think that today we're going to learn something very simple and fundamental that a lot of people know. But for those of you who are out there in Rio Linda who are not quite sure what a text message is versus the Facebook thingamabob at Twitter doodle thing and email, well, we're going to talk a little bit about all of these things and more in just a moment. The Paul Truesdell Podcast is sponsored by Fixed Cost Financial, the home of fixed cost investing, and Longview Forecasting, practical forecasting for the busy professional and business owner. The Paul Truesdell Podcast, general business and economic observations, individual wealth, tips, tricks, tools, or techniques, and things that made Paul raise his eyebrows, shake his head and purse his lips while taking a deep breath. Let's get started. Well, let's begin by uh, hearing something from a friend of mine in Philadelphia, and his name is Jerome Lewis. What's more effective, text or email? It's dependent upon the objective. If the objective is to send out multiple messages at once, the then I would say email. If the objective is to get open rates, then I would say text. So text message open rates are 90%, while email open rates are on average under 20%. So what's more efficient really depends on what your objective is. I, if I had to pick one, I would say that email is more efficient because typically you can send emails to tens of thousands of people if you use the right platform, the right service. However, I would say that text message and SMS is more effective. And if I had to pick one for communication and getting people to respond back to me, it would be text messages. So bottom line is absolutely unequivocally beyond exclusion of every reasonable doubt. I totally agree with what Jerome has to say. Jerome Lewis is a digital marketer in the real estate industry. He specializes in marketing for real estate entrepreneurs. He gives them the tools they need to effectively market their strategies, both for buyers and sellers. And if you get a chance, go to his website, jeromelewis.com. That's jeromelewis.com. You will definitely be glad you did. So the thing is, once upon a time, a long time ago, back around 19, oh gosh, let me think it was, maybe 1979, I think it was about 1979, um, I saw my very first portable phone and it was like, wow, this is really cool. And I asked the guy, I said, is this a ship to shore thing or whatever? He said, no, this is a cellular phone. And you kind of feel like silly saying this thing because today everybody has a cell phone. Everybody has a smartphone. Everybody has digital communications. And I like to tell people that I literally was that kid in the 1960s that took a string and two tin cans and we put holes in the bottom of the tin cans and we strung the string together and we used mom's candles and she was never happy about that. The, the candle opera was missing a couple of candles because we waxed the strings and we basically created our own non-digital walkie-talkies years ago. 
Hey, listen, the premise and the ideas, the vibration, the concept is all exactly the same. There is no difference, okay? You you have to realize from the microphone to the earpiece, it basically becomes the same thing. Now, when I started in business in 1985, I had a bag phone. Yep, that's right. I had a bag phone. We had a pager. So if you wanted to get a hold of me, you would call a number and then your number would appear and I'd call you back. Now, I still carried back in the day quarters because making a phone call in 1985, 86, 87, that time frame, it was a dollar a minute. So when you called somebody, a lot of times what I would do it, I would say, uh, hey, uh, hi, Bob, or uh, this is Paul. How you doing? Great. Listen, if you don't mind, can I call you at, and then I'd have a specific time. And then he said, yeah, look, just so be around the phone. I'll call you back then. So I could make four, five, six phone calls. And in 1987, four, five, six bucks, that was a lot more money. And I mean, you could see where you could burn things up. Listen, don't get me wrong. I've had plenty of one and two hour phone calls that cost 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 plus dollars. But it was a whole lot nicer to drop a quarter in or find somebody where you could, you know, borrow off the phone. It is what it is, what it is. And then you, what we did is we moved into alphanumeric and what was kind of cool is you could actually, we had a, a service for many, many years. When you called me, um, my gal, the, the person that we hired, would simply answer the message and then send me the actual text message to me. And, and that was kind of cool. So again, I used to say, you know, one day, one day, someday somebody's going to make it so that we can make long distance calls without what? Without charges. And so we're, we're there. And, and you know and I know that very few of you have home telephone lines anymore. You don't have the copper lines coming into your phone. Uh, some do. I have some clients that are you know, still clinging onto their home phones. And those are basically POTS lines. What's a POTS line? Well, a POTS line is plain old telephone service. That's all there is to it. Now, there are a lot of companies out there that still need to have the POTS lines. And things like fire alarms, you know, for example, us, we, we don't rely solely on, on digital for that or for the internet. And you have gates and elevators, emergency systems. There's all sorts of different things that are used, including point of sale. Now, again, I'm going to come back to what Lewis had to say, okay, what Jerome had to say in just a minute. But what I want to do is I want to get my disclaimer out of the way and I'll be right back. Due to Paul's extensive holdings and that of his clients, you should assume that he and his firms have a position in all companies discussed and that a conflict of interest exists. By listening to this podcast and using this website in any manner, you understand the information presented is provided for informational purposes. Nothing said, written, or otherwise communicated in any form should be construed as an offer, recommendation, or solicitation to buy or sell a security. Now, for those of you who are uh, thin-skinned, uh, buttercups and snowflakes, you're in your 20s and 30s and you suffer from recency. In other words, you know everything that there exists, but you know nothing about history. Go ahead and turn this off and go away because I want nothing to do with you. So here's the way it works. There are literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people getting, I should say, hundreds of emails that come in every day. I, you know, we just get tons of it. And how do you handle it? Well, it's pretty easy. You know, you do sorting, you have rules, you block people, you have spam. You got you to get a handle on it. And you know, and I know, you just hate it. And the bottom line is, it's getting easier and easier to handle that stuff. The average office worker in America gets about 120 to 150 uh, emails every day. 
That's insane. Now, be advised, I tell people this when I send email. I check email in the morning, noon, at the end of the day, and in the evening. What I don't do is I don't live on the email. Otherwise, you don't get anything done. You have to have firm protocols. And we have multiple emails here at the firm, obviously, so that if you need to get a hold of other people for administrative purposes, which I do not handle, opening accounts, any kind of an administrative issue, I don't, that's, I'm not the guy. I may be the founder. I may be the buck stops here, but that's not what I do. Okay, we've got people to handle all that stuff for you. But the problem is 50% of all email is spam. Now, my suggestion is that obviously you really want to curate your email. And if you have a company, you want to make sure that you're doing it right because it gets to be a little expensive having people dealing with all this crap. Now, the thing is we have SMS, we have texting, right? Texting. One of the things a lot of people are doing is they're using text messages to market. I'm going to tell you personally, I don't like it. I do not like it. You know, one of the things you get on these uh, political uh, lists and you can't get off of them. And I, one of the things I do, I text back and say that the party you're reaching has died. Or I test, text back and say you've reached a, uh, an emergency uh, broadcast network system, law enforcement, firefighter, whatever, please stop. And eventually they, they do stop. But best thing to do is just ignore it and, and you have systems that you can, can block them. But when it comes to just like an unknown cold call, I don't like that at all. And that's one of the things when, when Jerome said what he said, I'm going to play it again, there's a clear distinction between what we're talking about, efficient and effective. Let's listen to that again one more time. What's more effective, text or email? It's dependent upon the objective. If the objective is to send out multiple messages at once, the then I would say email. If the objective is to get open rates, then I would say text. So text message open rates are 90%, while email open rates are on average under 20%. So what's more efficient really depends on what your objective is. I, if I had to pick one, I would say that email is more efficient because typically you can send emails to tens of thousands of people if you use the right platform, the right service. However, I would say that text message and SMS is more effective. And if I had to pick one for communication and getting people to respond back to me, it would be text messages. So I would word it in ways, in this way. If you want efficiency in volume, you do email. But if you want effectiveness, you do text messaging. Uh, the statistics are what he says. About 98% of those who get a text message will open it up and read it. Okay. And 95% of the people do it within three minutes. And I see that all the time. Now, I use text messaging, messaging very judiciously. I, I just don't do it willy-nilly. And I know that when I send something out, I need to be near my desktop because I don't do it on my phone. I'm not a phone guy. I'll tell you a little bit about that in a minute. But I need to be near my desktop. I need to be near a laptop or my iPad for the next 30 minutes. So when you send me a text, there's a high probability I'm one of those oddballs that will be the 2% that I'm not going to read it right away. And it may be way more than three minutes later, because one of the things I refuse to do is to be interrupted. I'm keen on being highly focused. And that's the only way I can basically do things with efficient time, effort, aggravation, and money. You, you got to do that. I just simply believe that's the case. So one of the things people use text messaging for is for promotions, reminders, notices, payment links, and um, confirmations. Now, we do that a lot. 
we use a software program called Calendly. A lot of people use it. It's, I think, one of the better programs out there for scheduling. And I like when people actually schedule a time with me so we're not playing phone tag back and forth. It's just it's such a waste of time for my staff. And when I'm involved, it's a waste of time for me. I really do like the Calendly. Uh, any kind of online calendar works really well. And it's also, they say, it's good for do, doing it for updates. Okay, that, that's all fine and dandy. But when it comes to promotions and marketing, I'm not so keen on it. Now, again, I think Jerome said something, and again, he's in Philadelphia. If you want to get a hold of him, let me let me give you a real quick thing. Go to Jerome Lewis, J-E-R-O-M-E Lewis, L-E-W-I-S dot com. That's JeromeLewis.com. Got a great website, lots of easy ways to get a hold of him. And uh, you can get home by phone, by text, by email. Hey, how you like that? He uses all of them. Nice guy. Had an opportunity to meet him not too long ago. He knows what he's talking about. Feel free to get a hold of him, especially if you're interested in his services for marketing for real estate. I, th- I think the guy's a pretty sharp, pretty sharp guy. So for me, I do one thing pretty simple. I like the old idea of KISS. Keep it simple. So if you have been a client of mine, if you are a client, or if you have met me as a prospective client or otherwise, you know that I use video and audio a lot. One of the things I refuse to do is to say the same thing over and over and over to different people. That's just, that's insanity. So what I'll do is record audios and videos online and then provide the link. Now, here's the problem. Some people are too damn lazy to even go to the link. Oh, that drives me absolutely nuts. So when you create something, every single person I believe should have their own website. That's another one of those things in life I think is really important. There's a lot of reasons for that because... If you have your own website and you can create your own uh, separate pages and they're not public, they're private, well, then you can actually customize a message to the person, a quick video, a quick audio, and you can direct the person, hey, let's say I've got a a friend down in uh, Tampa. We'll use Travis. Travis is down in the Ybor City area. I say, hey, Trav, listen, I got something I want you to listen to really quick. It's a quick four-minute item, and there's there's a diagram to it, blah, blah, blah. It'll answer a question you asked me uh, last week, okay? We don't need to schedule a phone call. I don't need to spend that 30 minutes. Hey, how you doing? How's how's uh, mom, dad? How are the aliens? How are the Plutonians that are visiting from Pluto? I don't have to do any of that stuff. Instead, I can just kind of get to business. You know, it's not that I don't want to treat my buddy as a number, but right now I just don't want to do the hug and mug. You know, I'd rather, you know, get together and have a beer and spend the time doing that, but I don't really want to do the hug and mug right now. How about we just be professional? And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people, be very blunt with you, pretty lousy at. So using text and using email and kind of combining things with your own site, I got to tell you, I think that is the way to go. And, you know, again, you can't get every single thing on a text message. Now, one of the things I like to do periodically, I would like people to sit down, get a cup of coffee and join me. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to get a quick cup of coffee, wet my whistle. I'll be back in exactly 30 seconds.
So if you are a business person, whether you are uh, an employee, you're in sales, you're self-employed or a business owner, if you would like to have a discussion about how to implement technology efficiently and effectively on a broad level that will identify your needs, and then you want someone to actually do the hardcore details Start off by giving me a call at 212-433-2525. That's 212-433-2525. And I'll work with you through Truesdale Consulting. Truesdale Consulting is our venture capital firm. And the minimum investment on that that we're interested in is uh, $30 million and above. And uh, we have to have a substantial equity interest. And the due diligence is pretty, pretty difficult. Um, where um, I take one or two projects a year and no more than that. And uh, you're talking, listening to the guy that actually does it. When it comes to business consulting, this is not part of fixed cost financial. It's not part of the law firm. It's a separate entity. And if you want to have a conversation on that, it's by the hour. And so first uh, first 30 minutes, we'll have a quick conversation. Would it make sense then to get into a conversation? But the key thing is we can save you a massive amount of time and aggravation in trying to figure out where to go, what to do, and how to do it. A good example is what we're doing right now. I mean, to be very blunt with you, again, that's one of the things we do. Here's a key thing, real simple. $74 trillion, trillion, not a billion, not a million, a trillion emails are sent and received every single year, and that number is growing. Now, when it comes to text messages, it's at $8 trillion. I remember we used to talk about millions and billions. Now we're talking about trillions. Pretty soon it'll be gazillions. It'll be, I don't know, astronomical numbers beyond the conception and the idea of anybody it is what it is, okay? So here's the thing. Again, remember, 20% open rate versus a 98% open rate. That's a big deal when you're in business and understanding that. So again, when you are working with people, you want to work with people who understand their narrow focus, their wheelhouse. And again, as as Jerome said, you've got objective, you've got volume, you've got opening. I thought it was very insightful. So one more time, I want you to listen to what he had to say, because then we're going to finish up and get out of here. Here he is one more time. What's more effective, text or email? It's dependent upon the objective. If the objective is to send out multiple messages at once, the then I would say email. If the objective is to get open rates, I always say text. So text message open rates are 90%, while email open rates are on average under 20%. So what's more efficient really depends on what your objective is. I, if I had to pick one, I would say that email is more efficient because typically you can send emails to tens of thousands of people if you use the right platform, the right service. However, I would say that text message and SMS is more effective. And if I had to pick one for communication and getting people to respond back to me, it would be text messages. Thank you, Jerome. JeromeLewis.com. That's JeromeLewis.com. Located in Philadelphia, he responded to our request for a response to the question that we have to be a contributor, and I appreciate it a lot. If you'd like to be a contributor to the Paul Truesdale podcast, the current question is, it's all about go bags. Do you have a go bag? Do you keep a go bag with you? Go ahead and look at the website, and all you got to do is poke around and look at things. And that leads me to my next item. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, y'all got to stop using your damn phones as your exclusive device. Here's the thing. I absolutely believe this, unequivocally, beyond exclusion of every reasonable doubt. 
when you are so narrow focused on that phone, you are limiting your thinking capabilities. Right now, I'm recording this in studio and I have six, seven, eight, nine different screens, computer screens, big things around me. And the purpose of having those screens is like having papers scattered around. I use note cards, I use legal pads, I use paper. You've got to get yourself organized. Now, the key thing is keeping organized. I've done plenty of podcasts on that and we'll continue to do it. But Here's the thing, those little phones, the little screens, I do believe there's an advantage, but they're not a cure-all to, to, for everything. I mean, look, there's a big difference between reading a paperback with small print and reading a, an actual book that has a hard cover, larger print, quality paper where you sit back and it's a real experience. And when you sit back and you have an old-fashioned, okay, you have a Bloody Mary, you have a, a martini, you have a Manhattan, you sit back and you relax. Some of you might enjoy wine. I'm not a beer guy. But you sit back and you read a book. I don't, listen, I'm not, I don't mean to go get an ascot and get your reading jacket and smoking jacket and, you know, you got to have the hunting dog at your feet. You don't need to. I'm talking about sitting back and actually enjoying the flavor of a real book. And there's nothing like having the enjoyment of a real desktop computer. Oh, I know you got little laptops and you can do everything on your laptop. But there's nothing like having a big screen. Power users understand it. I just want you to think about it because if you get to this point where you say, okay, well, everything's going to be done on my phone, I really do believe you're limiting your financial capabilities long term. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And frankly, I think uh, Jerome was, was smart. I mean, this made some smart comments on this thing. Are you looking for efficiency or effectiveness, volume, quality? It's, it's real simple. So again, trying to take advantage of a, the small screen for everything doesn't make any sense to me. And with that, listen, if you want to get involved in the podcast, I would appreciate it. Tomorrow, I think we're going to do a recording on go bags. I think we're going to do a little bit talk about the go bag um, or we're going to talk about the pandemic. I'm not sure which we we're going to do. It depends upon the number of responses. And uh, normally I keep the response opportunities open for a, sh a, a period of time. But if I get a few responses, depending on what I want to do, remember, I can change my mind whenever I want. I might just go ahead and do the first part of a two-part go bag story. I'm not really sure. We'll see what happens. Tomorrow, we'll just kind of give us play it by ear. So with that, it's uh, Saturday, August the 14th, 2021. The year's wrapping up. With that, let's do the same thing. This has been the Paul Truesdell Podcast, sponsored by Fixed Cost Financial and Longview Forecasting. For more information about Fixed Cost Financial and Longview Forecasting, visit the website for the conglomerate of Truesdell Companies at truesdell.net or call the corporate offices for the Truesdell Companies at 212-433-2525. That's 212-433-2525. All rights reserved. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,